Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. This is a CW Spiral, a podcast run by two Barchies and a Bughead. We're your hosts, Sabrina Reed, Michael Patterson, and Reed Gowden. Bringing you history about the network, the latest news, and in-depth spoiler-filled discussions of some of our favorite shows on the CW. Guys, this is our, well, I guess it's our first mini-pod. I'm going to say it's our first mini-pod. It's like a bite-sized pod in comparison to what we usually do. It's not like 15 minutes. She'll be here for a little bit. Um, But starting off the news section... Legends of Tomorrow complete series box set is coming, Blu-ray and DVD, which is exciting. I guess not so exciting for the Save Legends of Tomorrow movement. I'm sure they will edit to say seasons one through seven, and that will be how they interpret the box set. But it's coming out Tuesday, October 18th. Look, it's a bittersweet time, obviously. I mean, it's it's fantastic that the show is getting a complete box set because in this day and age, a lot of them don't. Um, you just get the seven seasons released separately and you're lucky if you get that. But it's really nice to see a complete box set for Legends of Tomorrow. The artwork's a little interesting. Um, Bebo does not la la love this one. But um, it's, I mean, it's great to say it. I know the Legends fans will be happy or happy to see a complete box set, but not so happy to see a complete box set because obviously they're still fighting for the eighth season. Um, but I think we kind of knew that if the show ever does come back in some capacity, it wouldn't just be a normal eighth season. So a complete box set's a good way to at least keep spreading the word. And obviously legends fans, if you want to show the show's popular, please do purchase it because um, not every show gets a complete box set in today's day and age. And yes, I will absolutely be buying it. The cover for the, the DVDs at least does have some of like the, famous key art which is really nice um so i know people are gonna have that like displayed like for anybody who is gonna be on zoom calls i know y'all putting them right in the back on the bookshelf <laughs> to, to add with the like the hashtag save legends of tomorrow sign right next to it as you should that people know um but we're also getting a tom swift series DVD. I'm well. He only has one season, so we can't we really call it a box set. But um, I'm excited for it. That one's coming out Tuesday, October 25th. We will see Tom in all his glory in his DVD. And I'm still sad that the show didn't get a second season. I'll be buying that one. Can't say the same for Legends, but I will be buying Tom Swift. And maybe I'll finally watch episode nine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it makes me feel nostalgic talking about Tom Swift. It feels like a lifetime ago. Um, but that's one of the ones that's quite surprising that well, I mean, on my end of the end, end of the world, we don't get box sets for CW, new CW shows anymore. So it's it's cool to hear that a show a show as short-lived as Tom Swift managed to get a DVD release at least. So I mean I hope it gets a second life in uh home media release. What if it ends up being a cult classic and it's the CW's next secret circle where everyone's <laughs> still talking about it years later and it's just like, why did you cancel it? Not a good move. No, absolutely. I mean, that was my hope after watching the cliffhanger. Ending. Yeah. Was like people are going to talk about this and never let them live it down. And they shouldn't you know? stay on their necks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then with the last bit of news, the Winchesters 
according to Entertainment Weekly, will have 13 a 13 episode season, which does make me think that they'll finish in time for Superman and Lois to Superman and Lois to slide right into the Tuesday 8 p.m. slot um, that they're used to. It makes sense. I mean, I think the Winchesters is a show that could have worked with a longer season if they are opting for a procedural uh, like Monster of the Week kind of format as well as the overall story. But we did say that there might be a big issue with swapping out uh, the Winchesters with Superman and Lois. So a shorter season on both fronts makes it a lot easier to do that. You have your 13 episodes of season of the Winchesters in the fall and you swap that out with your 15 episode season of Superman and Lois in the mid-season. I mean, it's a win-win all around when you think about it like that. I wonder if 13 is the initial order and depending on mm. ratings or timing, scheduling, they'll get their back nine and have 22 episodes. Um, mm. I guess we'll... We'll see what happens. We will. I'm hoping that if they do get an additional order, it'll just be like an additional two episodes and make it a nice 15 um, the way they do Superman and Lois seasons. And I say that because not that Winchester doesn't have the range. They totally would be able to have the range. But um, there's just, when I look at the mid-season schedule, I'm just like, mm-hmm. that means we'd have to wait for Superman and Lois to come back or they're going to be in a weird time. And since they have seniority, I need the Winchesters to bow when they should be bowing. <laughs> <laughs> I know the uh, the culture's kind of shifted now that people are like, bring back 22 episode seasons, bring back the long orders. Even though it feels like a few years ago, they were like really loving the short seasons. Um, I would love a long season of Winchesters, but I do think it's kind of smart for the CW in this um, uncharted territory to, to take it slow. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Unless the show's bye-bye, leaving the fans wanting more instead of sticking around too long. Because let's be honest, even if a show's performing well, the longer it's on, the more the ratings will drop. So a shorter season would prevent that from happening. And it can like lead to overexposure, oversaturation. We've seen mm-hmm. it happen with Riverdale. Like <laughs> I don't know if anybody really wanted those long seasons, but we got them because of, you know, that's how the business works. Um, but, but yeah, we'll see what happens with the Winchesters. We will. And I think so 13, 15, maybe 18, 15 at the most for me. I just don't want it to be Superman almost had 15, right? For season two. And mm-hmm. we were still with them for the longest time because of all of those breaks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I don't love Clark in Lois's time, but I don't want that to happen with the Winchesters. I know. I feel like 15 can be a sweet spot when it's used right. Um, the the breaks absolutely did not benefit that season. Hopefully with the Winchesters being on in the fall, we won't have to deal with that because they may want to get it off before Christmas. We'll say are the weeks after Christmas. So that gives them less time to play with. But 13 to 15 would be a nice sweet spot for a first season. For sure. For sure. In keeping on the topic of superheroes, we're going to launch right in to what we're watching. How was Stargirl? Wow. Wow. It was, it's an interesting time in Blue Valley, but I think Blue Valley might have had a new visitor this week. Reed, did, did, I watched did, this episode. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did you think? I, I dropped by to, you know, and see what the vibes are. Um, I don't know that I followed the story completely. And I, that's to be expected because it was completely out of context, but I did really enjoy the the atmosphere that it was different than I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting mm-hmm. just because I haven't interacted with the show beyond what Michael has talked about on the podcast and me seeing still photos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've seen like a trailer or anything, um, but 
it for me this is my like one episode middle of the series review it gave me like um at least this episode reminded me a lot of a disney channel original movie and i mean that in the most complimentary way possible (laughs) because some of those decoms deserved oscars i'm sorry i'm gonna say it (laughs) um it just had like there was a lot of fun the music had a lot of like whimsy to it Mm -hmm. um but there was still a lot of like obviously it's a drama there's a lot of vulnerability and like you were right this episode had a lot of character moments which i Mm -hmm. enjoyed seeing um but yeah that's kind of like that was my takeaway i was like this is kind of like fun and it felt young but in a not in like a talking down to you kind of way it felt like um I don't know. It just felt very like nostalgic. I don't know. I'm so happy. I cannot believe <laughs> you said that you think it feels like a Disney uh, movie because I'm pretty sure I'm on record on this podcast pitching the show to Sabrina like in our Arrowverse episode months ago saying that Stargirl to me is like a Disney Channel superhero yeah. movie. Yeah. So it's amazing that you picked up on that. Um, yeah, this was a more quieter episode with uh last week was very action-packed one with obviously the supermarket showdown that everyone's been talking about since there will be more action obviously later in the season this was very much like that quiet moment and it's an interest this is an interesting one for you to watch first because while of course the murder mystery was center off it it wasn't quite as central as some of the previous episodes so there was more of the overarching show's story that maybe wouldn't have been as easy to follow but like uh the the ISA versus JSA stuff, the Cameron stuff as well. Um, yeah, Freeze Boy was going through it this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad I matched him because he usually has quite like maybe one or two scenes an episode, but this felt like his big episode. He got the opening, right? Yep, yep. The, yeah. the snow globe that he froze and then smashed. Um, yeah, so he it was... He didn't have that many scenes, but it definitely felt like he was the focus of this episode. But... Um, ever since Starman got tossed into the air and then dropped on the trailer. Uh, that was kind of like the cliffhanger from the previous episode. So this one was all about Courtney and the JSA figuring out who attacked Starman because obviously it's the same person who killed the gambler and we don't know who that is. Um, so that investigation played a lot into it and they found some new evidence. The episode is called The Evidence. Uh, so they found some new evidence, which was uh, non-human DNA at the crime scene. And now they have managed to deduce that they think it might be Dragon King. And for anyone who's unaware, Dragon King was one of the members of the Injustice Society. He was the vi- one of the many villains in season one. And uh, Cindy is his daughter. And uh, he experimented on her something serious. Uh, she had lived a terrible life. And that's why she's a very, very flawed and sadistic kind of character. Um, But Cindy ended up killing him in the end of season one when she broke out of the dungeon he was keeping her in. And now everyone's like, is is Dragon King back? Could could he have survived Cindy's attack? Is he back for Cindy? Is Cindy working with him? So he's the new suspect at the moment. But that shocking cliffhanger, our girl is not beating the allegations. (gasps) Oh yeah, I just remembered what happened. Yeah. Cindy was in maybe all of two scenes in this episode, but each scene counted. Um, when they noticed the non-human DNA at the crime scene, I think it was the only JSA scene in the whole uh, episode. They were all costumed up. Cindy was standing there and you could see she had a more serious look on her face when they uh, find the non-human DNA. And then at the very end of the episode, you could see like 
things happening with her arm. It was like being displaced. Yep. And she let the, uh, the clothing down or the bandage down. And you saw that she has like scales, like lizard scales, exactly like her father. So you're like, like was it Dragon King's DNA or was it Cindy's DNA? No. They spotted at the crime scene. So um, nope, Cindy's not beating the allegations anytime soon. Um, but yeah, that was kind of it as far as the investigation goes. It was, it was a, a like I said, a more character-driven one. The story didn't pay as, play into it as much this time. So there was many, a lot of quieter moments, like Courtney being distraught over uh, Starman's attack, then Starman waking up, and his old friend returned, the original Dr. Midnight from the original JSA, and that made Starman realise that... Uh, Dr. Midnight had passed his mantle on to Beth in the new JSA, and he was happy about that. And that made Starman realize, why am I sharing the staff with Courtney? Why aren't I doing the same thing? I'm here trying to relive my glory days while Stargirl's doing a pretty darn good job, and I'm actually hindering her progress. So it was a really like reflective moment for Starman. Like, is he the legend that stayed too long and now he's out of shape but no longer can do what he used to do? It's definitely like that kind of returning veteran kind of vibe that are there glory days behind them and are they stuck trying to relive them? We've seen it in so many TV shows. I'm actually shocked Stargirl decided to go down that route, but it's quite poignant because Starman's been a loose cannon since he came back. He's destroying everything. He's creating so much tension and drama. So it was a very poignant story for Starman. And I think you got to relate to him more this time. And I'm trying to think then, uh, yes, uh, the neighbors, the neighbors, um, I'm sure both of them were, fun characters i can't wait to hear reed's thoughts on them uh the croc the croc showed up but they were in separate scenes this time uh lawrence uh showed up in the bunker um and sat and watched a movie with starman and pat after- yeah they had boy time yeah they like- did he did yeah <laughs> they bonded um like st- last week starman was destroying the supermarket with them in it but this time they were sitting watching a movie together um and I think that that made Starman realize because he used to be the uh, Lawrence used to be the villain sportsmaster, and now even he's retired. And he's he's moving on. He's turning over a new leaf. And Starman's like everyone I knew from those days have moved on with their lives and are doing something new and letting the next generation take care of it. But meanwhile, I'm still stuck here trying to be Starman, relive my glory days. So um, again, poignant arc for Starman, but they use some of the show's most eccentric characters to get it across. <laughs> meanwhile, um, Lawrence's wife Paula showed up at Barbara's work. And um, uh, so remember I said Barbara was having a tough time with her manager. He was turning down all her proposals. And then uh, Paula threatened the manager. Well, this week, uh, the manager's all like, yes, Barbara, that proposal can go through. You're doing great, Babs. Absolutely. So he's really like nervous and angsty around her. And it turns out because it was that Paula threatened her. But uh, Paula also got uh, Courtney's mom the most unusual gift um, i think that just highlighted the, uh, the the unusual dynamic between them and barbara just didn't know how to thank her and i mean again it was just one scene but i feel like they're all really important character moments because it really furthers each of the, the dynamics and as i said the season subtitled frenemies that you really get to see that um but yeah that's basically all that was in the murder mystery story the big story this week was the cameron and courtney thing and uh, Courtney now knows Cameron has ice powers because he couldn't control himself around her and ended up freezing the entire art room. There were icicles hanging everywhere. I'm resisting making a Mr. Freeze pun, but I'm not going to do it. Um, but uh, it's a cold town. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work. Um, uh, what do you call it? And then, um, but Courtney promised to help Cameron through it. And uh, are they a thing? 
that's the thing. This was the most long-winded, well-told story for three seasons. We've been waiting on these, anything to happen. You're joking. Yeah. So it's a slow burn. Has she dated anybody? No, no. This is her first um, relationship on the show. I mean, Um, I kind of appreciate that where they kind of put that on the back burner and let her be herself and be a superhero. Yeah, exactly. And I think they told it really well. I know some people are getting bored because it's taking too long to happen. But I think they're doing it really well because it's played second fiddle to the main story, which a lot of the stuff in the show should. But now that there's a real reason for Cameron to step front and center, it's really starting to blossom at probably the very wrong time because there is history there that's going to affect the relationship. And um, I've mentioned before, Cameron's nickname is Icicle Jr. because his father was Icicle. His father was the leader of the JSA. And Cameron's grandparents are low-key terrifying. And they want to raise their grandson with the exact same ideals of his father. So they're, tra- they're putting all this propaganda into him about how his father was a good man, how he only had the best for the town. And Cameron doesn't know anything about superheroes, about the Injustice Society, about Stargirl, about any of that. So he's all like, how do you know so much about this Courtney? And she's all like, I don't know. So um, that's kind of dynamic going forward. And then in the end, they had that beautiful scene in the gazebo where uh, she's, I think the grandparents were trying to get him to focus on his anger and that was making his powers unpredictable. And Courtney, since Cameron's an artist, Courtney said, focus on expressing yourself through your art exactly like you would when you are doing art. So we did. He focused on what he loved. He focused on his passions and what he loved. Courtney just happened to be standing right in front of him. And then he let out, he let out a snowstorm, so to speak, again. And it just turned into the most beautiful uh, snowfall. And the two of them had a moment. They both looked up how magical it was. He was like, you're magical too. And then they both shared that beautifully shot <laughs> slow motion kiss. I mean, three seasons waiting on that. Uh, I talked about how Stargirl shoots its fight scenes beautifully shot scene just with the top down the gazebo coming around to them and then slowly panning up as they held hands and then shared that kiss and it was just like Cameron's experienced so much misery over the last three seasons it was nice to see him have that lovely moment of just peace and it was Courtney that inspired it but what really makes things interesting is the JSA is responsible for Cameron's father's death and he doesn't know that yet so he doesn't know anything about Stargirl, the JSA, the ISA, any of that. Oh, okay. I was going to ask, um, does everybody know that she's Stargirl or is it just a few people? No, just a few people. The show has basically been very coy about superheroes. No one in Blue Valley knows superheroes exist. So I don't know how they're moving around doing these things in the show. Yeah, I was going to say, like when they came out of that closet and all the keys came out and they just like <laughs> walked away, I was like, no one's going to ask questions about why that door just exploded with a bunch of keys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. I think Blue Valley is supposed to be such a strange, cheery time that everyone's weird that nobody asks questions. But I don't think they realized it's so weird that, that superheroes and supervillains exist yet. Um, uh, and it sounds like Smallville, like the original Smallville. Does it anybody does. have a wall of weird? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think they do. They really should by now. Um, especially after the ISA tried to mind control them all in season one and nobody asked questions about that. But funnily, you should bring up that scene with the keys in it. One of those uh, fellas, the one who made his friend wish with the pen, he's Courtney's brother or stepbrother. And uh, he was actually the one who ran over Icicle in the season one finale that killed Cameron's father. 
Um, so uh, it was a very humorously shot scene at the very end. Uh, at the very end of the finale, Icicle started icing up and turned himself into like an ice sculpture, and uh, Mike just drove through him and shattered him into thousands of pieces. And it was like, does this mean I get to join the JSA? It was a really humorous scene. But ever since they've really played on. Mike did what he had to do to save his family, but he's still like twelve or thirteen, and he actually killed someone. So that's kind of been playing on him. So I think now Courtney is going to have to find out a way to protect Mike from Cameron when he eventually finds out that it was Mike and the JSA that killed his father. So I think that's going to be, the murder mystery is very much at the center of the story, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Icicle Jr. story ends up taking center focus as we head towards the finale. Cause you know, the murder mystery is a very much a season story, whereas the Cameron stuff is very much show story. So I think it'll take center stage as it goes on, or maybe it'll set up season four manifesting season four. Um, we'll say, yeah, it was a very quiet episode. My teaser for um, episode five is you're going to see more of Courtney and Cameron, of course. Um, I don't know if you saw the trailer read after it aired. Um, it very much played into Courtney is going to be distracted by helping Cameron. And now that Starman has officially accepted, Pat talked, by the way, Sabrina, Pat talked Sabrina, or Pat talked Starman into taking the mantle back. So he's, mm. he has a cat costume now. While Courtney is busy with Cameron. The JSA is going to need a new leader. So Starman decides to take the young uns for an adventure through the sewers to see if they can find Dragon King. But um, as the trailer implies, Starman still has rage issues and the young JSA is going to be like, Starman's great and all, but he got issues. So that's going to make Courtney feel very much torn between helping Cameron or going back to her duty as Stargirl as the leader of the JSA. And again, I think that'll play into then the rest of the season who is the leader of the JSA, Starman or Stargirl. So there's a lot of conflict. There's a lot of drama and there is a lot of infighting. And I think that will carry on. The issue is that there is no episode of Stargirl next week. So we're going to have to wait two weeks because for some random reason, the CW is taking a one week hiatus, I think so that it can officially launch its fall schedule and then add Stargirl back to the pack. So um, Wednesday, October 5th at 8 p.m., Tune in to Stargirl, season three, episode five. It's a good one. The Thief, I think it's called. But yes, I've rambled far too much. Um, that was a good episode, a more character-centric episode. And I will say that things will pick up yet again from here on. This was the calm after the storm, but it was also very much the calm before the storm. And I think Cindy's going to find herself at the heart of that storm going forward. Cindy, 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 Cindy. <laughs> I still believe her. Yeah, I am so. holding up hope. <laughs> I think this is a red herring. Uh, she is not my girl, but I think if I watched it, she would end up being my girl. And I want her to beat the allegations. I do. Beat her. <laughs> what did you think of her read? Was she was as sassy as we predicted? Was she? I, don't, I feel like I didn't get a lot of her. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I honestly, I also didn't know who was who for a hot minute mm-hmm. while watching. So it took me a minute to get my bearings. I don't think I realized who she was until the end. So, I mean, there's that. Yeah, that makes sense. It all makes sense. Yeah, that was a very Cindy light episode. But like I said, I think she'll find herself at the heart of it again going forward, especially now that she seems to be developing lizard skin like her father. <laughs> lizard skin <laughs> imagine if i said that last week when you hadn't seen the episode <laughs> we need somebody point. to um clip out some of our weirdest lines just like the cw spiral out of context <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah that actually be wild 
because the CW shows are weird. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> and they thrive on it. They do, they do. Speaking of weird, Nancy Drew. My first thought when watching Nancy Drew was, we just presented this idea and then here we are. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was flipping out. <laughs> like, um, so... Nancy died. <laughs> she, yeah, she died for a hot sec. Um, I couldn't believe it. I, while it was happening, she was walking toward the light. I was like, oh my God, is she going to see her mom? Like, did I really predict that so soon? I didn't want to predict it at all, to be honest. Um, it did not happen. She did not see her mom in the northeastern corner of heaven. <laughs> but she did see someone else on her way to the light. Yeah, <laughs> she did. There were a lot of like uh, subtle jump scares in this one mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. things behind her and around her but i'm curious to know like what was it dead lucy that she was mm-hmm. inching mm-hmm. towards okay oh my gosh which yeah. i love because she's back yeah <laughs> <laughs> we missed you dead lucy <laughs> yeah she's so terrifying and yet she feels like a the guardian in some way um which is why nancy being like i can't find her and she's like put all the ghost traps around the house so she could catch lucy was very cute yeah and i mean not to jump right to the end but when nancy finally did the thing that she had been avoiding all episode the fact that when she said yes i'm going to do this dead lucy then just sucked herself away through the doorway like that's my girl nancy you do Uh, but this this episode was a continuation of, of Nancy realizing um, how much of a wall she puts up, which is funny because she still put the wall up like her dad from jail. Is, is, was he calling her twice a day trying to get her on the line? Mm-hmm. I know it's at least once. He's using all of his call time to get in contact with her. And she's like, he's going to hate me. And I'm like, he's trying to call you. <laughs> it's been 14 days. Pick up the phone. It did a very good like character um swap between the two because he wouldn't talk to her or anyone when he was arrested and you're like oh what's the dynamic here has this just destroyed the recently repaired friendship or the kinship and now all of a sudden she won't talk to him but it's not it's not over what he did it's the guilt that she feels and again I feel like the show has done such a great job of even episodes that aren't specific, always Nancy Sanchuk she always has a great character moment or journey throughout them and this one was absolutely no different than that Sure. And I like that, um, that everyone was kind of weird around her. Mm-hmm. Like usually everyone's kind of fine, but they didn't know how to talk to her. And so they're like, they're like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You forgot the cake. It's fine. You forgot, uh, you forgot the party. The day he was coming back, the flowers, everything is fine. And it's not. Yeah. They were really forgiving with her. They everything. were. Um, well, cause her dad's in jail. So, I mean, yeah. I'm like, my brain is swirling with all of that, that whole storyline with her dad in jail. I'm like, I don't know what to think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to like land on a thought for that storyline. Because at one end I'm like, Oh, she feels guilty. And the other end I'm like, she's being selfish, not answering his calls Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. like, it's only hurting him more. I was like, I don't know, Nancy, I don't know what to think yet. (laughs) (laughs) And it was also been interesting is that while this is definitely, again, Nancy was at the heart of this episode and her father was at the heart of this episode. Um, this was very much felt like the one where the, the Drew crew was kind of born, like the mm-hmm. dynamic, because 
it was definitely it, it felt like if you could call it something it would be Nancy Drew and the Drew crew because they were as important to this episode if not even more important than she was because we've said every single episode she's got such a quality that she puts up walls and ignores people and yes yeah, she learns her lesson on an episodic basis but I feel like this was the real moment where she learned the definitive lesson going forward that these people will be there for her regardless of whether she wants them to be or not and the fact that like the great Nancy Drew, so cool to see her be like the town's hero now, the hero of Horseshoe Bay, but the great Nancy Drew actually failed. She missed the signs that the rest of the team picked up and that's okay. Every hero needs their backup from time to time. And I think this that was imperative to her to make, to make her realize that if it hadn't been for them, she actually would have stayed dead. She would have been gone. She, she lost this mission. And I think that's probably my favorite thing about the episode and then every character had their own purpose this time around and she realized that because even if not every one of them helped them in, in this episode like Bess for example had her own storyline in this episode Bess has helped her before over the years Nancy helped Bess or over the seasons season Bess has helped Nancy over the season and vice versa it's been such a working friendship and I think Nancy realized now that these aren't just her colleagues these aren't just her co-workers as far as solving murders goes these are her friends and I think that's still such a learning game for her. And she's starting to figure it out. You know, when Bess was doting on her at the end and she was like, you don't need to do this. And Bess was like, I want to like, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and then she finally just like accepted it. It's hard. I think for Nancy to accept uh, love. And mm-hmm. I think we've seen reasons why. Um, and she's still kind of learning to let it in. Um Can I just say, though, that this episode, I think, was really, it's always really effective in its suspense. But when the show puts its lead in so much danger, like, I was terrified. Like, I was, like, so tense when I was like, oh, my God, is she going to die? And, like, even though I know, like, the character's name is in the title of the show, there's still two more seasons and one on the way. I'm like, I know she's not really going to die, (laughs) but I was still, like, terrified for her. And I think that's really rare for a show to do that as well as it did. I, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I was like so in it and like terrified for her. Um, but I think that it can be kind of gimmicky sometimes in shows where they're constantly putting their main characters in danger. And you're like, there's like, there's no possible way that they can kill these characters. Like there's, it's just not going to happen. But the way that they pulled it off in this episode, I thought was super well done because I was just on the edge of my seat Actually, I was in bed watching it <laughs> and I was just like so tense, <laughs> um, but I thought it was so well done. Yeah, it was. she was human. I think that's the most important thing. You see so many shows that obviously have these super powered heroes or whatever. And of course, when you're in those kind of predicaments, their life will be in danger or whatever, but they're still super at the end of the day. This episode did such a great job of highlighting that even in spite of her heroic reputation as the hero of Horseshoe Bay, Nancy Drew was inherently human. and her life hung in the balance. She made some flawed decisions that got her into the situation in the first place. I think the humanity of it all is why I love this episode. And I think that's why it really highlighted those steps that Reed was talking about, that you really just felt like she could die, even though you kind of knew she wouldn't for a few brief few minutes. You were like, are we actually going here? It's because when you have a Kennedy's acting mm-hmm. paired with the, the choice the writers made of having you hear Nancy's story about how she failed her driver's test and what her dad did mm-hmm. to make her feel better. Now he taught her that to fail is, is human. Um, and then she slowly realizes that 
uh, I, I failed. <laughs> like I just failed here and now I'm dying. Plus the way her voice gets tiny when she says she doesn't want to die. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I know my heart was beating fast when like Nick and George were trying to figure it out. I was like, I need you to figure it out faster. And like, especially when you cut to Ace, he was like, yes, got the doors open. I was like, okay, but save Nancy. <laughs> Let's go get Nancy. And when, um, when Nick carried her out of there, I'm like, y'all move, 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 move. We have to go. Um, and I love that they didn't even let you, they didn't even let you breathe even after she leaves the room because you have to find the antidote. But I do love mm-hmm. that Nancy, gave them the clue by having figured out that it was on the ring. Just seconds from dying, she is able to pull the ring off of that person's finger. And I'm like, how would... I love her. (laughs) (laughs) She's amazing. Like, just to still be be in fear of her life and still just as calculating and trying to figure it out at the same time. Can I bring up another theory that I have that just popped up in this episode that I kind of wish I was keeping track of in the previous nine? Okay, so when she goes into the abandoned school, right, she has, she's alone and she has her her beanie on. Mm -hmm. And then when she sees um, the rest of them come in, I think it was just George, Nick, ace right Mm -hmm. and they're like we're your friends we're doing it too she immediately whips the beanie off and i'm like is this a like a visual motif where whenever she's like alone she has the beanie on and then when she like opens herself up to like having help or like whatever it is the, the beanie's off or am I thinking way too far into this? <laughs> no, I think you're correct. Because in the first episode, um, I think when Nick, when she's talking, Nick finds her when she's um, staked outside of, of Ryan Hudson's mm-hmm. house. It's the branch snatches her beanie off. Yeah, yeah, the and, tree. The tree. And then I think she takes her beanie off when her dad arrives at the uh, site to go looking to see where the little girl was. I was trying to remember that and I couldn't remember. I think I think you're onto something. I do think she removes it, like it comes off her head whenever one of them decides to come on the adventure with her. So I'm gonna predict that eventually the beanie stops making appearances in future seasons. Yes. She doesn't need it anymore. The security blanket is gone. The security blanket her mom knit her because it's made of cashmere. <gasps> yeah, because I remember I that line. Chills. <laughs> <laughs> So now, in addition to Ship Watch, we have Beanie Watch. <laughs> yes. Yes. Speaking of oh, yeah. um, Ship Watch, though, all three of Nancy's men were in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Can like I say, I still don't trust Owen. Mm-hmm. I don't trust That's, him. It's understandable. He yeah. was being because weird. He came into Bess, no receipts. He's like, we're first cousins. Bess innocent sweetheart is just like yeah we're uh, let's you know let's get cake champagne we're cousins i'm I'm a marvin and i'm like girl we need the where's the material (laughs) yeah i felt like for being such again character moment for being such a big part of her story that was very much swept under the rug for the episode of the week story and i don't think that was bad by any means i think that was very much intentional so Mm -hmm. it feels like we're definitely going back to it at some point considering the fact in the previous episode we thought Owen almost didn't want her to be a cousin to now suddenly being so accepting of the fact oh yeah you're a cousin no big deal is, is there more to it than that does he have an agenda do the Marvins have an agenda what is going on here there's gotta be he lulled us into a false sense of comfort with just like joining the Drew crew and whatever their side mission was with the Hudson's 
that I just, I, I don't know. My rule with the show is that the only men that I trust are Nick and Ace. That's it. I'm sorry. It's a good rule. That's a good rule. Yeah. <laughs> Until proven otherwise, it's only Nick and Ace for me. Yeah, because Owen was like calm. Like Nick does walk into the frame when um, he starts asking about the Roman coins and Nick takes responsibility mm-hmm. for them melting. Also love how he's like immediately protective of Bess. He's like, so why are you here? I mean, some of that is still the jealousy about Nancy, but the other part is he just does not care for Owen. Um, mm-hmm. And he should, I think he should stay on that track like until Owen proves himself because he's just, he is around all the time for what? Like and I get like Nancy, Nancy dinner. Like I'm like, not, I'm not buying it, dude. Yeah. He feels like there's, a, there's a lot of open threads with him. Like he showed up for the start of the um, Hudson storyline in that episode. And then that was never, it's not that it wasn't followed through on, but you didn't get the answer you'd expect. And then it was quickly dropped. He showed up at Nancy's house with dinner. And then that was quickly dropped for the story. So I definitely feel like this is very much intentional. They're, they're putting Owen everywhere to make us think a lot of things, but I definitely think there's more to him than that. And the best one of all stuck out because they put they invested so much in the story and then invested so little in this episode and there has to be more to it than that. It just has to be. And I he, the plan he just goes along with the plan that Bess comes up with, which she's the cutest because walking out of that conversation between Ryan and George and she's like I can't, I can't I'm just don't mind me and she's like looking for um whatever she's, she's the most absurdly the large biggest. scar pickle she's like oh found it <laughs> and george is like whatever you need to do <laughs> i know and it's like i do wonder like Bess, what did you think about ryan and george i can't remember if does everyone know now about them i know nancy knew and they did like possess george kissed him but i don't remember if Bess was around when that happened well she knows now i guess because what man walks into the mm. office like that and he like, was speaking I'm changed. loudly yeah. <laughs> he like wasn't trying to hide it even though she was in the room i don't she was on her nancy uh shtick with trying to like pocket information <laughs> she did not do it <laughs> it's not a line <laughs> just so great um but then it, the plan doesn't work out because ryan said ryan i think is protecting them um from his mom mm-hmm. who her weird comment about i wonder if she learned from that accident and it's like mm-hmm. so you cut the brakes then because who says that when someone has woken up in the hospital yeah i feel like ryan's definitely going to be the character it's funny because he was the one we all had suspicion with at the start now it feels like he'll be that kind of like anti-hero sounds cliche, but that one that walks the line between both good and bad, but they're not an inherently good person, but they're not an inherently bad person. And he's mm-hmm. trying to be better. And it would be really interesting if he turns out by the end of the season to be a better character than Owen is, because obviously you have the whole Marvin versus Hudson kind of rivalry in the background. And it's very much geared towards the Marvin side at the moment, but I'm not sure it will. The Hudsons are horrible, but I mean, I'm not sure it will not be geared towards that way at the end. Um, I do think Ryan will come out of this looking better than Owen, but that's just a theory because I think we're supposed to be suspicious of Owen at this point. For sure. Are we supposed to be suspicious of Owen or do we just have like TV trust issues? <laughs> I think we're supposed to be suspicious yeah. of Owen. There are too many okay. like camera cuts to him looking weird and about they, something that's said. The fact that we went from one extreme in the last episode again, totally cautious about Bass, to being totally cheery about Bass. I believe if you weren't cautious about him before, you absolutely would be now. It was a what bit I want to know is though, did Bess get the results of her test? Because they both ran tests. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Or I'm did like, she- best girl, did 23andMe email you? Like, what happened? <laughs> Unless she's still waiting and that's like, that's the shoe that's going to drop. She'll probably ignore it because she already knows. And Ace will probably read it or Nancy because Nancy's nosy. Um, and Papa would want some information to Owen. And then it'll come up negative, I'm assuming. Or they're might be closer in relation than she thought. I don't know. We'll see. I love that Nancy just knows everyone's tea. <laughs> that just reminded me of that. Like she knows every, like she knows that Bess has an accent that hasn't reappeared yet. And I'm like eager to hear again. <laughs> I don't know if it ever comes back, but she knows every, she's got everyone's number. She does. And now she has like Ace's dad's number. We met th- that man th- mm-hmm. um, in the episode. loved seeing more of Ace's life. Sam. Mm-hmm. I yeah. loved it. It was high time. It was. Not to make a, a stoner pun on Ace. <laughs> <laughs> but I also love like there's so much, there's so much character in um, the episode about him and his father. Like when he says, so when you meet the captain and Nancy's like, you call your dad the captain. He's like, just go with it, Nancy. He calls his dad the captain. Let's go into this house. Um, and he's like, it's, it's, what do you say? It's a bit of a war zone in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, it looks like regular suburbia. And it's like, just leave him. He knows what's coming <laughs> in his house. Nancy's like, coming from mess, this looks normal. <laughs> yes. Oh, I also like the signing that his, um, and the, the mm-hmm. bit of backstory about how his dad lost his hearing. And um and um poor Ace trying to like well his dad can read lips but also when he was a little frustrated he would try to sign but he, mm-hmm. he can only sign with one hand so he was trying to get the point across like let me investigate without you putting your input into it I can do this I loved how Nancy was kind of she approached it very unNancy like like she walks into that police station like boom China shop she's like I own this place but she was very like timid around Ace's dad. Her future father-in-law. I'm just gonna manifest it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like when they when she asked him, like, can we try to solve the cipher together? I was like, that was so sweet, Nancy. Mm. Like mm-hmm. you really approached that with care that you don't normally take. <laughs> it was funny though that like she solved it in like what an hour just by putting the yeah, pictures she was, together like, sitting there it was like these are weird pictures flops them over together for no reason <laughs> <laughs> uh no and i feel like the dynamic which of course the nazi and um ace's father dynamic was lovely but also the dynamic between ace and his father that was such an endearing uh relationship throughout the whole uh episode and it was just nice not that I don't think AS ever didn't have his father's approval, but I feel like that you did a good job in the end. It was just such a like lovely, quiet moment as far as AS goes. And I, I'm totally with Reed on that. It was lovely just to see more of his his backstory because we always said he's kind of the mysterious. He's been the chauffeur. He's been the waiter. He's always in the background of the main stories. And it was nice to see him directly involved, especially after off the back of what, two or three episodes without him actually being in them. Mm-hmm. And we felt that absence, actually, because when mm-hmm. he came back, I was like, I missed you. Hi, yes, what are we doing this episode? <laughs> I know. But did the newspaper have to drag him like that? I mean, I know he's a dishwasher, but it was like local <laughs> dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. 
don't know. They could have done Cop Son, like retired yeah. Cop Son is a hero or something. But he no. was so proud of it, though, still, my sweet prince. <laughs> I know, though, like um, the OG Ace and Nancy shippers put those two newspapers together. And I was like, proof <laughs> that one day it will be these two. <laughs> but the I feel like the ship watch, like the sail was up mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Nancy and Ace as soon as they're reunited, they have a moment where mm. they both like apologize to each other. And I immediately was like, I don't know why you're apologizing to each other, but I'm appreciating this moment. And they just kept having these shared moments. Like even in the end, when they all left Nancy's house, which by the way, I was like, Nancy, why don't you want someone to stay with you? Mm. Mm-hmm. Beside the point. Um, she said goodnight to Ace first. And they had kind of, there was like this like tension in the air. And I was like, I'm, picking up on it i don't know if they're picking up on it but there's something happening and then he leaves and she says good night to nick i'm curious to hear both of your thoughts but especially sabrina's <laughs> about ship watch <laughs> um i am taking all the juice and crumbs that i can <laughs> possibly get while they still exist uh it was funny that the um to go back to when Nick and Nancy first see each other again, it parallels her same interaction with Nick. It's got a same amount of ten- in, um, tension in it. And she already told Nick how he's, what he's asking me. And then says it, and then immediately her phone rings. I was like, but why does when Ace house asks you, how, how are you? It feel a little different. If you're actually going to answer instead of saying someone, people are keep asking me that. Then they did the same thing at the end with the goodbyes where it's similar, but like there's, there's tension with Nancy and, and Ace and there's tension with Nancy and Nick, but Nick immediately shuts it down. Now he has a wall. Now that might be because uh, he had like a really great scare today and he was all like up on her and was like, was nervous. And I was like, he still loves her. (laughs) And I knew it's only been like a few days. So I know that was still true, but as is he going to immediately shut down or are we going to have a talk? He immediately shuts down after being that emotional, which, you know what? Fair. Fine. Uh, The relationship is over. You want it to be over. But I saw that panic, Um, panicked far more than George did. Um, And I think Nancy and Ace, yeah, the flag is up. The the flag is up. It's it's a slow burn, though. I can Mm. see it being a slow burn. By the way, they they had awkwardness tension because the last thing she said to him was that she didn't want to see him. Mm, uh, he, He lied. He, well, he withheld yeah, yeah, information yeah. and she got upset about it. And then car That's when they were in like that, like the warehouse at the claw. And he was like, I'm going to fix this. That's right. Yeah. Was, is that the scene? Yeah, yeah that's the scene. And then so was, she feels guilty. Was in the fact that he got into the car with um, Laura and then tried to record that. I think he was trying to prove himself to Nancy to show, to make up for it. Because wasn't he recording Laura and the car mm-hmm. and there was the crash and they never made up for that. But no, I'm a, totally agree. As soon as um, Ace returned, they did, they, there was definitely like that moment. And then it, I think it kind of, I remembered the, about the, that weird dynamic between them before over where he said, I'm going to fix this. But I was like, well, the minute they're really, really, really playing this out of feels like out of nowhere because they've had a couple of moments here and there. But this episode, I totally agree. It felt like she had moments with all three of the men in her life. And this that may have been intentional to be like a turning point because that you had the yes moments, you had the Owen moments, and the one Marie showed up at her house still feels like it came out of nowhere. So I just I feel like maybe they're they're important character moments to make us feel one way about Owen when we maybe should be feeling the other way. But 
I think probably most pivot love them all was the final Nick and Nancy scene because I think that that was it now because this episode kind of made it feel like could they potentially could they rekindle that could, could, is there because there's still obviously something there between them but I think obviously his concern over Nancy's life um and then the way he held on to her so tightly when she came back to life and then the the fact that he was the last one he stuck around it felt like she had finally maybe learned her lesson to open up to people more and then that's when he put up the walls because he was like that's what friends do. I think that was that was her turning point where she was she was like, okay, this is what I can do with people. And he was like, now we're not doing that again. So it was if maybe if she'd learned that lesson three or four episodes ago, there would have been a future for them. But I feel like this episode was designed to make us wonder who is the man in Nancy's life. But by doing so, it also took Nick out of the equation once and for all. And again, like I'm just literally talking about a star girl three season slow burn romance. I, <laughs> I, I, I can do this with Nick, Nick and, or Nancy and S. I can do this. But I think right now it's going to pivot to Owen. And maybe that's when we'll find out what's what is there behind Owen's smile? Is, is there a darkness? Is there is there a genuineness or is he actually someone she needs to put her Nancy Drew cap on and investigate. I think maybe he'll be the, met. will he be the danger right beneath her nose that she didn't say? We'll have to say, but I do think of all the men in her life, Owen might be the next uh, path she follows. That's an interesting, that's, that's a good point. Um, I, from my perspective, it feels like Owen is bouncing checks. Like she's not, she's, <laughs> she's not doing it, but I think you're right. I think she does want to like kind of keep him, positions on the outskirts and i think it could be a a pivotal relationship for her just to like if anything with best does come to light nancy can be the one to slip in because she has a good like rapport with owen she can kind of use that to her advantage to like free best or whatever um but for me the nick stuff was kind of giving like closure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially when they brought her back to life it was it was very clear to me that why I maybe it's in retrospect knowing what I know what happens in this series it was I was taking into account that it was Nancy Nick and George and he's so excited he like wraps his arms around Nancy when she comes back to life and then immediately after he grabs Mm -hmm. George's hand Mm -hmm. and I don't think anything in that scene for me at least this is my reading was romantic i think mm-hmm. he was just excited that nancy was back and there even though they may not be in love there is still love there obviously mm-hmm. and but he was also sharing that moment with george by grabbing her hand and then even at the end when he does put that wall up with nancy i feel like part of me was like good for you like put that boundary there like don't reopen old wounds like you deserve that for you like that relationship was not good for you, Nick. Like, <laughs> put that boundary up and, like, do that as much as it, like, I do kind of wish, like, we're only 10 episodes into the season. I kind of wish there was more Nick and Nancy content. Um, but, yeah, it's really interesting to, like, kind of... It, Nancy's love life hasn't really been super explicit. Not in, like, a... Explicit in, like, a, a parent, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not explicit in, like, you know... They, not that kind of explicit um so just picking up on these like small character moments um it's really another thrilling part of this show in this journey it is because the um 
to highlight the closure part, she literally closes the door behind him <laughs> when, and then um, when she turns around on the door and she says, I failed. Um, yeah. So while well, her, her voiceover says, I failed. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's, that's, that's the end. I love them while they were here. Um, <laughs> I mean, they'll have moments and whatnot. Um, it'll just be in the realm of platonic, which is fine. Um, but I also like, did you guys pick up on the fact that Ace does something opposite to Nick in terms of his interactions with Nancy? He's very forceful in, um, in being like, we are your friends. We're going to be here. It's always him doing that. Nick always asked. Ace isn't asking. He's just doing. And um, Nancy is responding to that more because it, she just has to go forward. It's not one of those things where she has to disappoint someone. Ace isn't going to be disappointed because this is the thing that we're doing. So either get on board or, you know, you'll be left behind <laughs> sort of sort of thing. And it's yeah, giving working. Nancy options isn't always the best option. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't. Um, so that might be the dynamics she needs in her life. She, there's definitely something with Ace that she responds to. Just not even like on a romantic level, like we see all of her interactions one on one with each of these characters, probably the most out of any other character. So we see like what kind of dynamic she responds to. And there's something that she really picks up on with with Ace and, and George, too. Like there are two presences in her life that are like very I mean, George is a little bit more aggressive in her approach to friendship, which I think a lot of people need. Whereas like with Bess, Nancy takes on like a more. I don't want to say maternal, but like it is a little bit more maternal. We see her like when Ace was in the hospital, she's the one that comforts Bess. Mm -hmm. And when Bess is comforting Nancy in this episode, Nancy's the one to like comfort her. <laughs> <laughs> so like we see all these different dynamics with them. Um, and I, uh, There's just so much on in this show to like pick up in the little moments. There is. Mm -hmm. It's so nice. I will say though that um, I am officially going to lay my flowers on the grave of Trucin as a ship. Um, <laughs> because it just definitely felt final. I did see a pic though on the press site that has me asking some questions and I don't know if that's from, it's from, I won't think of what episode it is, but it's, it, I saw the picture and I was like, hmm, I know you're not circling back because I already know that you two don't make it. So I don't know what's happening here, but I would like to get all the information once we get to that episode. <laughs> Maybe in the run-up to like Nace going official, they need to have like a, a moment. That would be interesting if they had like a, like a bench moment where they discuss it. Don't get our hopes up, y'all, though. I know Ace is, Ace and, like Nace is the ship and people really like um, Fanson. That's what we were told, that the, um, the ship name for Nick and mm -hmm. George's, it's Fanson, which means that you will have a... Um, a fire that happens in the fandom. If you do those two, the two big um, fandom ships, and then by the end, it's Nick and Nancy. <laughs> like, like serious finale, Nick and Nancy right off into the sunset together. Like it's, the internet will be on fire. Um, so yeah, don't tease too much, right? <laughs> I would love it, but don't, don't tease too much. Was there, um, I'm struggling to remember now, was there like a, cliffhanger or was that that was just nancy calling her dad right yes yeah, nancy yeah. calling her okay. dad did you think she felt lucy though because she smiled right before she said yes mm. oh, i don't know she kind of was just like not really paying the ghosts any mind in this episode i felt mm. like 
she had that like long dramatic pause like um before she said yes i'll accept the charges and isn't that the moment then lucy got sucked out the door as i'm like yep nancy mm-hmm. you did the right that thing. was a really long dramatic pause i was yeah. like nancy girl you gotta <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna disconnect the call you gotta make a choice <laughs> <laughs> It's so no, there's no cliffhangers. I don't know. Really going into episode 11, kind of blind. There's, um, I don't really know what's next because this is a very contained episode. It's another contained one. Yeah. And I think that's what the mo- I've said this so much. I sound like a broken record at this point. It managed to make its standalone episodes tie into the story really well in that it never feels like a villain of the week or anything like that because yes nancy nearly died in this episode so first of all there's something really major she she addressed a lot of her own trauma like she did in the previous episode so again that's something really major but even the smallest thing like the fact is that she knows now that tiffany was poisoned and that it was the same poison that this serial killer has been using but the serial killer wasn't the one behind that so i feel like we did we did get some important things mini cliffhangers to take into the overall story even if the episode didn't end on a huge jaw-dropping one that's true. And there's the vase that Ryan has, mm. um, which I couldn't really see the surface of it. I was like, can I use any type of seventh grade knowledge about, about, <laughs> about like, Greek mythology? What is you're, like, you're like, come on, Apush, come on, the world history. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but another, another great episode of Nancy Drew in the books for us. Cannot wait to watch episode 11. We're getting up there. Mm-hmm. Season one will be done in no time. <laughs> for sure. And then the last thing for what we're watching is I have a spoiler-free review to give for All-American Season 5. It is the Christmas episode. I believe it's their first. Oh, Oh, wow. The premiere? Yeah. um, And I I saw that in the trailer. And I was like, oh, we really do on Christmas. I'm I'm here for that. What are we doing with Christmas? Christmas in the fall. I'm into it. (laughs) I know, right? Well, I guess it works because they're in LA. So there's no, it's not cold. (laughs) Is that where season four left off? Was like No, so this does a time jump. Um, It's six weeks later, uh, which means that people have had time to sit in the finale drama and the events that happened. Um, I cannot say how anything works out, but I will say it's a very intriguing episode um, for a premiere because it is going headfirst into a lot of the issues that were brushed up. And I know um, the the Simone fans, the Simone and Jordan fans are like waiting to see what happens now that she's back home in town to notice um, Jordan and Layla. Uh Y'all are going to be intrigued by some of the scenes. It's it's an interesting time for for uh, I don't I don't want to call it a triangle because um, Simone and Jordan did end their relationship um, last season, but it's still an interesting time as as, as everyone <laughs> figures out their feelings. As for Spencer and Olivia, um, the angst that we had at the end of the finale because she's digging into the, the his coach at um, what is it Golden Angeles University. The angst is still there. We have not moved past. Have you seen the trailer? Just be be prepared. I I can't say anything else other than that. But like y'all felt angsty at the end. You're gonna feel angsty again. It is just is what it is. We are in that point of the relationship. And that makes sense because it's season five. They got together, I believe, or the the seeds were planted in season three. And I think they got together in season three. So we are due for some heartache 
and some not knowing what we're, we're doing. How are we going forward? Like, why are you investigating my coach when you should not be investigating my coach? Can you do anything else? And the answer is no. Um, what what else happened? I like that it's a Christmas episode, though. I like that we're this is everybody on break right before the semester starts again, because it feels like a um, like a lull between like the spike of drama that you'll get during um, the spring semester. Uh, it also, if you don't watch All American Homecoming, you're gonna want to tune into All American Homecoming's premiere too, because Spencer is crossing over into that premiere. So everything. If you want to know what happens next out of everything that happened in All-American, some of that, I'm sure, is going to pop up in the All-American Homecoming season two premiere. Now, what I want to know desperately is why Jordan punches Damon in the face in the All-American Homecoming premiere. I'm like, was it? did he say something slick? Like, what are you doing? Because Simone and, and, um, and Damon aren't together. It's very clear he's with Thea. So like, why is Jordan and Jordan and Simone aren't together? So why is Jordan mad? What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I need to catch up on Homecoming. You do because um, the clock is ticking for me, and I need to do it soon. Or just like lead a recap and jump right in. We can figure out the drama <laughs> on the premiere. Um, one thing that I did want from last season that seems like it's going to be happening based on the the trailer round for their season two. Uh, Nate gets a love interest. Or that's a, a romance of some kind that's happening. If not, then um, she is just, you know, kicking it with somebody. But I saw that elevator shot and she reapplied her, her lip gloss and went about her business. So I was like, who is this man? <laughs> Good, for <her. laughs> Good for her. I'm happy. She was, um, uh, or Ivy King, they were bumped up to a series regular. So we should be getting more of Nate. Um I have skipped on past All American Season 5 premieres. That is not an indicator that it's not a good episode. It's a fantastic <laughs> episode. It's just you really cannot, I really cannot talk about it other than it's fantastic. And there are a lot of character beats that are interesting and work well for the characters where they are. I love that it's they're starting the season with Christmas mm-hmm. because I feel like for so long, so many of these, um, these broadcast shows that revolve around teens or young adults, the, they make the calendar match where the, the story is. Mm-hmm. So like if the season starts, it has to be the end of summer, the beginning of school. When the season ends, it has to be schooled out for summer. And while that's like, that's fine. Um, it's kind of cool to see them uh, mix it up and start from different places where drama exists that we don't usually get to see. Mm. That worked really well for the longer seasons where obviously they'd start in September when the school year started. If you'd be lucky, the mid-season finale would probably be around Christmas and then the second half of the season would head towards the next summer. But when this in this day and age of maybe shorter seasons and whatever, it's it's nice to see them experimenting with not just the format, but the storytelling and the uh the uh, the times of year the characters are in as well. I think it leaves things open for more exploration of different stories as well. Yeah, listen, time is an illusion. Christmas doesn't have to happen in December on TV. It's just, <laughs> the truth. Very <laughs> and for the CW, it'll be happening in October. Love <laughs> to but, say it. Yes, All American, All American Season 5 premieres Monday, October 10th at 8 p.m. ET. Be there. Sit down, get settled, stay for the two hour block with All American Homecoming Season 2. She needs those numbers. Watch live. <laughs> And that's it. That's it for this this pod. Did we make? Is it a mini pod? 
It's a mini pod. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud of us. Um, We did it. We did it. Does anyone else hear like the, the, um, what is the word? Oh, I can't remember the word, but the Dora thing after she says we did it and then they say a phrase in Spanish, I think. I just came up with the phrase. No. Oh, no. I, don't, I don't remember. Uh, I did. Oh, God. Okay, well, we'll end there. We'll end on Dora. Uh, so, <laughs> so we are the CW Spiral. I'm Sabrina. I'm Michael. And I'm Reed. Bye, y'all.